the first two readings that I have for you. Uh, one comes from the Gospel of John, one comes from the Gospel of Mark, and they actually record the events the night before, which set the stage for what happened on Good Friday. So listen to these. First is John chapter 18, verses 12 through 19. Then the detachment of troops and the captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. And they led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Now, it was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Now, that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. Then the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to her who kept the door and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers who had made a fire of coals, stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. And this picks up the same narrative in Mark chapter 14. And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes. But Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priests. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself with the fire. Now the chief priests and all the council sought testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimonies did not agree. Then when some rose up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But even then, not even then, did their testimony agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But he kept silent and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him to be deserving of death. Then some began to spit on him and to blindfold him and to beat him and to say to him, prophesy. And the officers struck him with the palms of their hands.
shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn-crowned brow, lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Show me the tomb where thou wast laid, tenderly mourned and wept. Angels in robes of light arrayed, guarded thee whilst thou slept. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me. Lead me to Calvary. Let me, like Mary, through the gloom, come with a gift to Thee. Show to me now the empty tomb. Lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. May I be willing, Lord, to bear daily my cross for Thee, even Thy cup of grief to share, Thou hast borne all for me. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget Thine agony, Lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is from Mark chapter 15. Picking up roughly where we left off. Immediately in the morning, so the next day after the events, now we're on Friday. Immediately in the morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus, led him away, and delivered him to Pilate. That's Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said to him, It is as you say. And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. 
Then Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. This next portion is from Luke chapter 23. When Pilate heard of Galilee, that he realized that Jesus came from Galilee, he asked if the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Now when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he had desired for a long time to see him, because he had heard many things about him, and he hoped to see some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. Then Herod, with his men of war, treated him with contempt and mocked him, arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him back to Pilate. That very day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other, for previously they had been at enmity with each other. This next portion is from the Gospel of Matthew. Now, at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife, Pilate's wife that is, sent to him saying, Have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuade the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water, washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. This part of the account is from the Gospel of John. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, it overlaps the previous account a little bit, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, 
Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. But you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Then they all cried out again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. And then... One last portion here from the Gospel of Mark. Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium. And they called together the whole garrison. And they clothed him with purple. And they twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! Then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him. And bowing the knee, they worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. As sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Wash all my sins away. Wash all.
my sins away. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Dear dying Lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransom church of God be saved to sin no more. Be saved to sin no more. Be saved to sin no more. Till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more. Here since by faith I saw the stream thy flowing wounds supply. Redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. And shall be till I die. And shall be till I die. Redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. When this poor lisping stammering tongue lies silent in the grave, then in a nobler, sweeter song I'll sing of thy power to save. I'll sing thy power to save. I'll sing thy power to save. Then in a nobler, sweeter song I'll sing thy power to save. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would He devote that sacred head for sinners such as I? Was it for sins that I have done? He suffered on the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. Well might the sun in darkness hide and shut his 
This last section of verses that I'll read to you are, we, we left off in the reading with Jesus being taken to the cross, taken to Calvary uh, with his cross to be crucified. These are the things that Christ said from the cross. First is from the Gospel of Luke. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, There they crucified Him. And the criminals. He was crucified with two criminals that day. One on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. The next reading is also from the Gospel of Luke. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today, you will be with me in paradise. This next saying is from the Gospel of John. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, His mother and His mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw His mother and the disciple whom He loved standing by, He said to his mother, 
Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. This is recorded in the Gospel of Mark next. Now, when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi! Eloi! Lama sabachthani! Which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Next, from the Gospel of John, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a hyssop, and put it to his mouth. And then, from the Gospel of Luke, Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. And then finally, John, the Gospel of John, recording the same moment, but a different detail, says, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name, glory to His name, glory to His name, there to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name. I am so wondrously saved from sin. There at the cross where He took me in. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. 
There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Oh, precious fountain that saves from sin. I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast your poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge in today and be made complete. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Praise the Lord. in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. Oh, marvelous, oh, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, Savior's love for me. For me it was in the garden. He prayed, not my will, but thine. He had no tears for his own griefs, but sweat drops of blood for mine. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. In pity angels beheld him and came from the world of light to comfort him in the sorrows he bore for my soul that night. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. He took my sins and my sorrows, he made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. 
Lord's love for me. When with the ransomed in glory, his face I at last shall see. Will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Try to uh, piece the Bible readings together, and you see that they they overlap because they're coming from four parallel accounts of of what happened that day. So sometimes they overlap, and try to piece the hymns in there so they kind of thematically sort of fit with where we're reading. But that last hymn, you can see really the five verses of that hymn, they, they start you know, way before all of this, and they even, one of the uh, verses makes reference of him in the garden praying for us, and, and then it goes to the cross where he took my sins and my sorrows and, and made them his very own, bore the burden to Calvary, suffered and died alone. But then the last verse looks ahead, looks ahead to those who have faith. For those for whom this sacrifice that Christ made is as the hymn said, the, the, the other hymn said, the blood was applied to the heart, so to speak, meaning you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. You've humbled yourself. You've acknowledged your sin. You've turned to Him. For those who have humbled themselves and turned to Christ and received Him by faith, we can say every day of our lives when we're with the rest of the ransomed people that have already gone to glory and those who are living today who are believers who will all together be the glory when with the ransom of the glory will we, at last when we see his face for all eternity it will be our joy to sing of that great love his great love for us right but you've got to come to Christ and you've got to have faith in Christ. And if you do have faith in Christ, you ought to walk every single day with that in view, that one day you will see Him as He is, and we will see Him face to face, which should be two things at the same time. One, a bit sobering, because the Bible says we must appear before His judgment seat to give an account for what we've done, right? Uh, and But that's to Christians it says that, It's not a judgment of whether you're saved or not. You're saved if you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But still, he does judge our lives, right? That's another subject for another day. But then it should also bring great joy. Because when you trust in Christ, listen, your sins are completely washed away. And the righteousness of Jesus is credited to you. It's it's as if... It's as if you lived the righteousness of Christ in your life and you're reconciled to God and God receives you as His own child and you have all of eternity to glory with Him and to fellowship with Him and the rest of the redeemed and, have, and just have this never-ending joy and peace with the Lord Jesus. I just want to share like a thought or two with you. Well, that was a thought or two there. So... Here, three and four. Here you go. There are so many things I can pick out of those verses to highlight. One of my favorites is 
there is a man, a criminal, a murderer, who appears in this story, and his name is Barabbas or Bar-Abbas. And if you've ever thought about that name, Barabbas, Bar-Abbas, the word Bar refers to a son, and the last part of the name, Abba, was the, the intimate name uh, for father, for God. So, so really it's like the son of the father, you know, the son, the son of the father. Not necessarily God, but just like daddy's son is what Bar-Abba means, Bar-Abbas. And when you think about it, that's all of us. We are all sons of our fathers and our mothers. And when Barabbas, when Barabba is let go and Christ instead is crucified, that's a little, there are so many little snapshots, little, little pieces of information within the story that are screaming out through the ages to get our attention. When Jesus died, it was so Bar Abba, Bar Abba, or Bat Abba could be set free. Right? He took your place. And he paid the price for your sin. There's the story, there's the account of after, uh, after he had been put on the cross, these two thieves. Again, you have a murderer who's set free. Then you have other sinners. Two sinners, one on either cross next to Jesus. And you heard in the account that one of them started to mock just like the chief priests did. Just like the religious leaders did. Just went, went, went with the flow. Even while he was dying himself. If you're the Son of God, save us. If you're the Messiah, if you're the Christ, the Son of God, save us. Save yourself and save us too. Right? So he's saying it with like a, a mocking scornful kind of spirit to Christ on the cross. But then again, you get to see the other. There's that contrast. And the other one, I don't know what this would have looked like, but the Bible says that Christ's cross was in the middle and these two thieves were on crosses on either side. I don't know if crucified is like torture. Crucifixion is like torturous, but but was he able to like kind of lean a little bit and sort of look across Christ at the other one? I don't know. But he said over to the first guy, don't you even fear God when you're dying? He says, he says we deserve to die for our sins. We deserve what we're getting here, but this man has done nothing wrong. And I like to point out when he says we deserve this, that is evidence of a repentant spirit. And that thief on that cross at that moment had gotten, listen, 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 had gotten to the place where every one of us and every human needs to be at. I am not worthy or deserving of anything good from God. What I am justly deserving of is to receive full accountability and judgment for my life, which is loaded with sin. I look at God's commands. We've, had, we've gone through this exercise many times. Just a few of His basic commands. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't covet other people's things. Honor your father and your mother. Don't use the name of the Lord in vain. These are just, just basic 
parts of God's initial installment of his law that he gave to the Jewish people when he called them out of Egypt under Moses. If I examine my life in the light of God's holiness as revealed in his commandments, what I see looking back on my 53 years of life that God has given me is not a life of gratitude for those 53 years, but a life of violating those commands. Even with all of the best intentions and all my knowledge of God, there's that inclination to be lustful. There's that inclination to be vindictive or hateful, which is the same thing as murder. There's that inclination to be covetous or jealous of other people's situations in life. You know? Sin characterizes us all. This thief who's dying is repulsed by the mockery of the first thief. He says, man, we're getting what we deserve. Repentant spirit. How about you? Do you have a repentant spirit? Do you understand and acknowledge before God that you've sinned and broken His law? And of course, the conversation doesn't end there. Once you see that he's arrived at this repentant spirit, if he's looking over there, then he turns to Christ. I, I don't know if he could turn his head or not, but just go with me. He turns to Christ, you know, and, and he says, Lord, stop there. First word out of his mouth. Lord, was that? He recognized who he was talking to. He, he hung there all afternoon for hours and hours. Hung there. And listen to the insults. If you're the Messiah, save yourself. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. Let the Christ descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. He, he hung there listening to, and listened to Jesus say nothing in return except, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so, this, this thief recognized this was the Lord next to him. And he said, Lord, when you enter your kingdom, stop there. He recognized that Jesus was not of this world. And he recognized that this was not Jesus' end. Right? Lord, when you enter your kingdom, what? Remember me. What is that? You wouldn't say remember me unless you believed and trusted that he could and would. Lord, when you enter your kingdom, remember me. And what did Jesus immediately say? Today, you will be with me in paradise. That's one crucifixion recipient to another. We're going to paradise. I'm going to paradise and you're coming with me. That man's sins were washed away. Think about it. Christ on this cross was bearing the eternal penalty for the sins of the man on this cross. So that when Christ goes to paradise, this man goes with him. And of course, after Christ dies, we're told that this gigantic, heavy, ominous veil inside the temple that represented separation from God it's described in the Old Testament as being thick and heavy, way, way taller than anybody could reach and em, em, 
uh, weaved into its fabric was the picture of an angel with a sword representing the story of the Garden of Eden when man was banned from God. That veil from top to bottom, the scripture says, proving no man could have done it, tore in half miraculously. Behind that veil was what represented the presence of God. When Jesus died, man's arbitrary barring from God's presence was removed. So that by faith, like that thief on the cross, every bar Abba, every bat Abba, who humbles himself and comes to Christ and believes, will be reconciled to God, have the forgiveness of sins, be justified before God, be adopted as God's child, become a joint heir of that kingdom that Jesus says was not of this world, and live with Christ forever. Come, that's, listen, we know the story doesn't end on Good Friday. It ends on the first day of the week. They go to the tomb and the tomb is empty. Come on back Sunday morning and hear about that, okay? But listen, this is what Jesus bought with his blood when he died on Good Friday. A chance. A chance for you to be saved from your sins. Don't miss it. It's the most important thing that ever happened in the history of the world. And it's the most important thing that ever happened in your life two millennia before you were even born. Come to Christ. The Bible says whoever believes on the Lord will be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Come to Jesus. Cry out to Him and receive salvation. There's no religious ceremony. There's no sacrament to perform. To become saved is as simple as what that thief on the cross did. Acknowledge your sin. Turn to Christ. Cry out to Him in faith. And He will give you eternal life like He did to that guy. Let us pray. Dear Father in Heaven, we thank You for this time we've had together here tonight to just read these Scriptures and listen to Your Word. And I pray that every child of God by faith in Christ would be encouraged and comforted and caused to rejoice and thank You. And I pray that anyone in here, Lord God, who has never come to faith in Christ yet through what they have heard and sung tonight, that they would, like that thief on the cross, turn to You. Acknowledge who You are. Call upon You for salvation. And receive that wonderful gift that You say, anyone who comes to You, You won't turn them aside. Thank You, Lord, so much. Thank You that You gave Your life, suffered so much, and gave Your life to redeem us and all who trust in Your name. And we thank You, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.